All right, guys, welcome to Property Profits Podcast. I'm your co-host, Bryce Kaminsky, filling in for Dave Dubow. And if you've ever wondered how one person turned probate hurdles and a career shift into a thriving real estate portfolio, my guest today, Alex Ford from Ajax, shares his unconventional yet successful investment strategies from navigating probate without a lawyer to embracing private funds and RRSPs. Alex's journey is a true masterclass in adaptability. That's a tricky one. Alex, welcome to the show. Great to have you here. Hi, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's start at the beginning. You know, we, we were talking before the show um, about all the different things you're like connecting with and these different groups and stuff like that. But how did you, you know, what planted the seed for you uh, to get it, into real estate? It's my wife. Yeah, it, her family was big on real estate, and so she saw the value from her grandfather and her father. And we got our first property, moved in after we married, and then a year later, or a few years later, after she had our son, it mm -hmm. was a townhouse, and she was afraid he was going to fall down the stairs, and told us we're moving. And I yeah. said, okay, no problem. Let's let's look for another house. She said, but we're keeping this place. And this was 2011, and I asked her, like, you think the banks are just giving money away? And mm -hmm. if you're employed and can cover the expenses, they they are. They are. <laughs> which yeah. was a surprise to us. So we aggressively paid down that mortgage, had a lot of room, moved into our, our now forever home. I don't know how long. And then a year later, uh, with another baby on the way, she says, look, we're doing this again. Mm -hmm. I was super scared. I had a panic attack driving home from hockey after we closed because now it's three mortgages. Like what three mortgages? Hard enough to get one. But. Mm -hmm, we did it mm -hmm. and we're doing it. Um, well, we that's what a lot of people don't, don't quite, uh, you know, they're not quite sure if the bank's going to give them a mortgage, but these other people, they're going to work for us. They're going to work to pay those mortgages. And yeah, and they might have a bit of vacancy here and there, but uh, at the end of the day, um, you know, there's two strategies. People either move and move and move and sell and move and sell and move and sell. But then they're always just with the one house and i think um you guys are really tapped into a very it's almost like a house hacking you're not so much living with other people but you're not leaving anything behind you acquire the property and then you acquire another property and then you acquire another property which is you know a great way to kickstart the wealth so how many properties do you guys have now well currently we sit with our principal residence total of five nice um, nice and what what area of the country are they so mostly Durham uh, and like we stopped after that last purchase in 2012 because I really didn't dedicate myself to it enough. But when my parents passed away, uh, at least my mother, when she passed, the house came up and we had told her before she passed through a conversation, you know, we're kind of keeping this. And my brother said, like, do what you want. I like, I don't care. I don't want to talk about this now. But when time came, uh, we just knew real estate was a good investment. So why get rid of an asset? When, and that was the start of generational wealth with my mother not even realizing at the time. She just needed a place to live and it was you know, more affordable than renting. So mm -hmm. let's buy a house in 1976 yeah. or something. So well, you've, had you've to, already had these other properties for a good 10 years now then. Right. Um, and with no effort though, trying to get more after sort of 2012, but I was just scared, right? Just that fear and, and everything seemed to be going fine. Of course, the downturn caused some struggles with, you know, financing and paying the bills yeah. because things started to stretch with two kids. But again, you find the way to get through it. Um, didn't have to borrow, just self-sustained ourselves. And then after we closed that house, I still didn't even know the Burr method. So 2000, 
19, I just rented it. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually tenants left and I was effectively working the birth strategy and I tr- did it there uh, through a general contractor. Um, and over COVID, actually, we got another one in Waterloo where a family friend had passed away and I inquired with the family. They offered a private sale and we were able to close that, make it a duplex and increase the value 300000 in one year through COVID, wow. of course. That was, yeah. that's a black swan, right? Yeah, well, you definitely, we, we did see a, a, a good little bit of an appreciation bump as people uh, suddenly had uh, $2,000 a month extra income coming in. Uh, through government benefits and then they you know the mortgage debt if 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 you're listening at home uh, you can go to the government of Canada's a consumer index and you can find out what percentage of debt is mortgage debt and you would be quite surprised to find out the amount of mortgage debt that was accumulated um, in that bump from 2020 to 2022 it's Every dollar, it seemed, the government handed out went into mortgage debt. So it was good for people to get into properties. Interest rates were low. Uh, Some of those people with open variables might be hurting a little bit right now. But um, you must have some amount of equity across all these properties by now then. Oh, we're close to tapped again a little. I won't, a little, I should have locked in some rates. You just mentioned the variable portion there. So we're, we're struggling well to, uh, keep those expenses under control. Have you pulled money out of these properties over the years? Uh, so again, the first one, yeah, to buy the principal the residence one, yeah. now, and then the investment property in Oshawa, same thing. And it just got harder and harder with documents required. You know, you got to pay off this car. You got to pay off this mm-hmm. furnace bill. That's, uh, you know, it was great paying two, 300 bucks a month, but the banks don't like it when you're trying to finance properties. So every time it just seemed to get harder and harder. But uh, that's how we've done it. So we're we're stretched pretty thin now with um, where we are. Uh, but yeah. I'm looking to starting to use other people's money, if you will, for either joint ventures possibly or um, debt partners with an interest payment. Yeah, that is, that is the way that typically people in your position um, continue to scale. Because no matter how good you're doing, how bad you're doing, there's a point where the bank says, that's enough, Alex, that's enough. <laughs> and then you have to start, uh, you know, bringing other people money, other people's money to the table, joint ventures and things like that. So what, uh, what are you looking at these days as far as property? What's caught your eye? Oh, I'm thinking out East is the way to go just because of the affordability and the rents are comparable mm-hmm. to, you know, 2015 Durham region rents and, yeah. and the house prices are, you know, upwards of, say 300 350 for even triplexes and mm-hmm. they, they might be they might be starter homes you know need a little tender love and care but uh that's going to be developing contacts there because you want reliable contractors definitely uh, you got to build that power team so have you started first. uh reaching out and building that power team yet i haven't my sister-in-law um has a property as she was teaching out in uh, nova scotia mm. um, sorry sackville new brunswick but she was, bought a property in Nova Scotia. So mm-hmm. kind of a, a leg up for us to look at venturing out in that way and be at Moncton or Halifax. And she's still out there? Uh she's back now. She did her like professorship. I don't know what the okay schooling term is. She's I think it was her PhD actually. Interesting. So but the property's there and um yeah, it's it's been good for her. So she's got it was a duplex that both sides are rented now. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So, you know, one thing that I would always say to people uh, about building the power team is, um, you know, find your realtor here, call your realtor that's here and say, do you know anyone out there? Get the connection there. And then once you get the connection out there, you say, do you know anyone who could be my lawyer? Do you know anyone who could be my contractor? And you can kind of spread through the referral network without Cause it's really about, you know, one thing I imagine you're thinking about is like, how do I trust these people so far away? I've been dealing with, I was dealing with property managers in Waterloo before and the, the service level and the contact was just abysmal. Like mm -hmm. it was, I think seven days before I found out there was an electrical outage in the bathroom. Now all they were doing was messaging me because I was hiring my contractors to avoid their upcharges. Mm -hmm. But it still took me a couple of days to find the electrician to get in there, of course, resolved as soon as I could, but uh, to, to not hear for seven days. And I asked the management company, you know, why is it taking so long? Oh, we're, we're just backed up here. Well, that's, mm -hmm. that's a system problem. And that's not my problem, but my tenants are suffering. And therefore, you know, not good things are going to happen for me if it continues to get like rental complaints to the landlord tenant board. I, I don't need that. Um, yeah. We so don't need, we don't need that. I gave up sure. on them and, and now it's managing myself, but I have the contractor I used for the various repairs on the upstairs portion there. And he's fairly reliable, gets in touch when I need to, and, you know, does whatever I ask in regards to cleaning gutters and mending fences, literally. Nice. Nice. So is it, uh, is the future in multifamily for you? Like two duplexes and triplexes? Is that what you have your eye on right now? I'd even love to go up to apartment buildings with the time on my hands lately. Uh, mm -hmm. for management wise but again it's it's that fear of the unknown it's it's that uncomfortable feeling in your stomach that i've had so many times and it's the feeling afterwards when that subsides because you've succeeded is so much better and worth it so yeah the delayed uh delayed gratification they call it so what are you doing to train these days and, and educate yourself you'd mentioned that you were at a an event recently or a mastermind what was it that you were uh, uh that were was training? actually uh the gentleman who runs it, I mean, he quotes the number, nobody knows who he is, but in excess of uh, 130 million assets under management currently through mm -hmm. JV partners, he's got into apartment buildings lately. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, and, and I took a course of his as well, acquiring apartment buildings and, you know, negotiating the deals. So um, education is key because you can know everything and you've got to do something with that knowledge though. And so really mindset is, is big. And I've heard so many, successful people tell me what an advantage it is to think a certain way or change a phrase from a negative to a positive as opposed to i can't find any deals i'm, I'm going to find the best deal today mm -hmm. so really I, i'm not i've never been a positive person i'm not highly educated from a university perspective so <laughs> it's well, it's a big shift real estate yeah you you don't really need to have that sort of education, but you do need to be a bit of a risk taker. And it looks like, you know, you've become, you know, the main thing that I've seen of all the people that I've trained over the years into real estate, uh, becoming comfortable with being uncomfortable because it's always in scaling, especially um, it's like the lobster and outgrowing its shell. You know, you got to like shed that shell to grow into the larger version of yourself. So, it's it's the uncomfortable and i would i would always say whatever makes you uncomfortable just go right at that because that's usually where the growth is there's no real growth in the comfort zone so um 
yeah, multifamily. Uh, when when are you planning to really dig your teeth into something large? Now that you got that education, when are you going to plan to, you know, like start deploying that education? Again, on the spot, it's it's really a motivation aspect, and like as soon as possible would be great. But I've got to uh, I got to get my head in the right space and stop stop procrastinating. I'm, I'm a huge procrastinator. So yeah, this whole game comes along with organization and, you know, meeting timelines with taxes and whatnot. So mm-hmm, I've mm-hmm. been, uh, I've been suffering at times where I, I think I've got a, I haven't read the book yet, but the who, not how, mm-hmm. um, and get some of this stuff offloaded to really start my growth. But again, it's, it's all mindset. It's, it's doing, it's uh, committing and it's goal setting, which I've, I've always been poor at self-analyzing when it came to job performance reviews. I get, I just detested them. I'm doing my work. I'm, I'm doing what you asked me to, but you know, the model behind those is the growth. You set targets, you meet those targets, you've succeeded, you move on to something else. And I preach it, but I, I just can't seem to wrap it, but I'm working on it. Well, you, you might be suffering from the, um, a little bit of imposter syndrome, a lot of people, when they when they start in real estate, when they're scaling, they're like, I'm not that guy. I'm not that good. I can't do this. I can't do that. Who am I to buy an apartment block? And the answer is you. You are that guy who's going to go and buy that apartment block. There's a book uh, that you might want to check out if, you, if you'd like the advice. It's called Good to Great. Uh, that good book, to Great. Yeah, it helps. It, it kind of helps you go from uh, systems, you know, growing your systems and understanding the key players and things like that to expand the business um with a great foundation because sometimes people overgrow and they grow too fast and they kind of fall apart so good to great's a a very that book helped me a lot um to really just get that mindset of you know we can't do this all alone we got to find key people we got to you know trust these key people and you know especially if you're going to be investing um out east you're definitely going to need to leverage key people out there to 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 really scale that out so um, what would you say, you know, and, and Robert Kiyosaki talks about this as the unfair advantage, you know, what would you say comes easy to you that other people might find difficult? Reading documents, especially, and I had a, a huge advantage in regards to probate that it was either anywhere from 1800 to 3000 to hire a lawyer to go through the process for a gold stamp from the courts. Uh-huh. Uh, and I was almost committed to that. And one night after hockey, I mentioned to a friend that I had to go see a lawyer tomorrow and file probate. He says, you don't need a lawyer. And he showed me the documents that he'd filled with a similar situation. Now, of course, I'm not a lawyer. Everybody's situation is different. But mm-hmm. in respect to his, you know, dearly beloved that passed, it was similar to my situation. One, two siblings. And so the problem with the forms was I didn't know it said city of. I have to write city of. And a lawyer does. And then on the next form, it might be regional municipality. But usually forms have that pre-filled, not probate forms from the courts. At any rate, deducing that and transposing to mine, I think I was off by $15 at the wicket that I had miscalculated on the probate tax. And uh, there was one form where I neglected to include my father, who was predeceased. I simply had to put his name and put predeceased and return it the next day they started the file. I think mm-hmm. it was six weeks later, I had documents in hand to close the estate and take care of what we needed to do. Yeah. Cause a lot of people just immediately think that they, that they need a lawyer to handle um, that sort of transaction, but it's interesting. So the, the, 
you know, the secret sauce I would say is going to help you when you come into apartment blocks, because those contracts, JV contracts and things like that, a lot of people feel like they need people to review them and really dig into them. But, you know, if you're a type of guy who's, you know, fairly certain, you might be end up being the guy who's um, writing them up and bringing them to the table. So you, you never know. I mean, that that's definitely an advantage in the real estate business. Uh, you know, there's a lot of documents to read, mortgage documents, loan documents, joint venture partner documents. So when when you when you're looking for deals, are you uh find the deal first and go and get the bank to finance it or find the money or do you like to have the money ready to go and then go looking for a deal? Well, in all these cases so far, it's it's been found a deal and and not so much struggled but worked harder to find financing in the tail end, which of course the reverse is, is much easier if, if the money is there beforehand um, or you're pre-approved, if you will. Um, it certainly makes it a lot easier to know if you had a partner or such on side that it's mm -hmm. there, it's waiting. I just have to find the deal. And then the struggle becomes finding the deal, which can also be a challenge at times because if it's on MLS, I've heard the deal's gone already. <laughs> Although I, depends what yeah, you're there's, what there's deals you know like i i challenge that in that a lot of people um they look at mls and they think that the price is the price they're like oh they want you know 335 or 550 and i can't it doesn't make sense well why don't you call call them up i would always say to my my students i say call them up find out what the story is you know the the biggest line that i ever use and what's the story with this house instead of asking about the house ask the story of the house and you'll find the motivation when you call the listing agent you'll find you know is there any movement in this thing can can they you know even on the phone and that's really what i would say is like before you go you know making offers with your agent i would always recommend that you call the listing agent because they know the score they know exactly what the bottom line is. They know exactly what the situation is. And if you can, you know, build a little bit of rapport and find out what the story is and, you know, make an offer, you can find out, you know, where you're at fairly quickly. And I've been surprised time and time again that the list price is not the real price. And it, you know, they'd like that number, but everything is negotiable. So yeah, MLS is tough. Um, you've had a lot of success off market with different situations that have popped up, but there's definitely stuff on market. Uh, and even if it's not that deal, that property, I'd always suggest that people say, Hey, do you got anything else interesting coming up? And that opens the door to like, whatever the agent think is, it thinks is interesting. They're going to go ahead and, you know, tell you about whatever else they got, if they have something and you might be able to beat the market to something that maybe isn't even listed yet. So, um, I'm a big believer in, in working the network and, you know, people give deals to people they like and just be likable. And you, I think you'll find what you're looking for. So you prefer to have the uh, the financing set up then already ready to go before you go I to would. get the deal? I, I don't think I've achieved it yet in any of my deals, unfortunately. But hopefully the next one, I'll, I'll definitely, I'm thinking about some family members that can possibly help out with uh, my next mm -hmm. uh, possession, acquisition. Yeah, yeah. So when... um. You know, when you're looking to the East Coast, um, you must have done some research so far. It sounds like you've done some. Why not, you know, uh, West Coast or what What? What really is singing that song for you on the East Side? 
It's it's the prices, uh, although I guess the appreciation could be more on the West Coast than I would find on the East Coast. Um, mm. Really, it's just uh, from the couple properties I've examined, it's it's the price point versus the potential income. I think yeah. student rentals would be a good way to go uh, in respect to the up to six rooms if you can get them for eight, nine hundred a month out there from, mm-hmm. from the reports mm-hmm. that I've heard. So uh, and that's fair, like for the, the region. So it's it's finding the right area again moncton is is one that was mentioned mm-hmm. um so i i haven't looked too in depth on it as i say that motivation factor and uh hopefully this kicks me into gear and well there's that there's that quote that really keeps me going is uh discipline begins when motivation ends so when we have these pursuits we're on uh like getting in shape we can be motivated for like five or seven days or maybe a week or maybe a month, but there will be a time in an exercise routine where you're like, I am not motivated today. And then that's where that discipline. And I really like, cause we don't really have to be disciplined when we're motivated because we're doing it, we're doing it. But then that right. one day where you're like, oh, the gym, uh, cardio for an hour at seven o'clock in the morning, doesn't sound like a lot of fun, but you say, you know what? I made a commitment to doing this and the discipline kicks in and that's where you can really, cause that's where most people fall off. They fail because they stop when the motivation ends and we're never going to be motivated to the degree that we need to do. Um, in a lot of cases, at least me personally, when I'm motivated on something, it's like, yeah, I'm going and boom, 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 boom. And then when the, it starts to wait, I'm like, okay, I said, I wanted this. I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to keep plugging away at it. And I think what you really nailed it earlier when you said, um, goal setting and having a vision and, you know, really setting that up. So have you, have you spent some time, um, recently setting up those goals and looking at say, you know, I would always say to my students, look at six months, look at 12 months, look at 18 months beyond that in acquisitions. It's kind of like, I don't know what, what, you know, like 24 months. Okay. Now we're into two years, but 18 months is usually a pretty good horizon to be focused on. So if you could, um, you know, what, what would the next 24, you know, what would the next year, year or two look like if you could ideally? I, I'd like to, I challenge myself to, to get at least two more in 24. Um, mm-hmm. I like I that little, two more in 24. Yeah. It sounds like a campaign, like a political campaign. <laughs> a survive to 25 is the going one we're running. Oh, there you go. Going. Survive. Oh yeah. I've actually heard that. And um, I hadn't heard that. I hadn't heard that, you know, up until recently, only in the last like two months have I been hearing this survive to 25, uh, two more in 24. I, I like, I like two more in 24 better than survive to 25. Cause we're that all is a more positive here. tone for sure. Yeah. Uh, 25. How about 25 and 25? I like that. See, I, I'd actually, I, I'd love to go back to my previous employer with a read one day. Nothing oh, would make like, Hey, you remember, remember me? Kind of like yeah. the revenge, the revenge, uh, the revenge body where people break yeah. up and then they get work out and they're like, "Remember me?" So it's like, yeah, go back and um, you know, raise raise some capital from the people that uh, that maybe let you go. So right now, what I like about it, we talked a little bit about the show that you're gainfully unemployed now, and I think that's a great position to be in. Um, sometimes the golden handcuffs will prevent you from actually making the moves you need to move. So. I'm a big believer that you've got massive runway now 
to actually, you know, take advantage of the time and the space and the opportunity that's happening on the East Coast. So I think you should um, definitely dive in on that. So if people want to uh, invest with you, they want to reach out to you, um, you know, they want to connect with you, and maybe there's some people on the East Coast out there that have some opportunities for you. How do they connect with you? How do they find you? What should they do? Uh, my website's not in gear yet, but I do have an active email for it. It would be uh, alex at shirexproperties.ca. So that's S H E R E X properties.ca. All right. Well, um, yeah, I really appreciate your perspective. And, you know, for, for the, all the Ontario people, you know, you're joining the herd of people going, you know what, these prices are too high. I'm going to find something on the East Coast. And, you know, don't let the market you're in determine uh, your success. You know, there's lots of houses all over the world. So I really appreciate I'd your still, time, Alex. Oh, thank you. I'd still accept a local deal if I found one. So I'm, I'm always yeah, yeah. Well, I always... I say this to guys, I say, if you're a professional surfer, you don't sit around on the beach waiting for waves. You go to where the waves are. And uh, if the waves are crashing by your house, cool. But if you're, if you want to be a professional surfer, you get in the car and you drive down to the next beach and you, and you go surfing there. So like the East coast is calling you, Alex, let's do it. Mm -hmm. Gotta, gotta awesome. get my wetsuit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, uh, I really appreciate the time and until next time, guys, we'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you so much. Take care.